Welcome to the third season of the Nurses for Healthy Environments podcast. My name is Beth Shank, nurse scientist and healthcare sustainability leader in Missoula, Montana. Today, we are diving into the third season of the podcast, and we are revisiting the first nurse interviewed, Katie Huffling, Executive Director of the Alliance of Nurses for Healthy Environments, to hear from her of developments, changes, and hopes since we talked two years ago. I'm so pleased to have Katie Huffling revisit the podcast uh, this week. Katie was our first podcast guest in season one, and Katie is returning now to give us an update because Katie is, as you all know, is the executive director of the Alliance of Nurses for Healthy Environments. Katie, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me back. You bet. Well, tell us a little bit about about what's been going on and what updates you might have about Annie or about uh, your focus. Oh, sure. Well, I think um, one of the most exciting things that's happened since I last spoke with you is we've started the Annie Environmental Health Nurse Fellowship, and we're about um, three or four months into this fellowship, and it is so amazing. We have 30 fellows from around the country. There are three in each EPA region, and each uh, group of three has been paired with a mentor, and you're one of the mentors, Beth, so thank you for that. <laughs> um, and so um, all of the fellows, we um, kicked it off with an in-person meeting in the Philadelphia region, and then we have uh, monthly webinars where they are learning a variety of environmental health content, how to do policy work, um, how to work with environmental justice communities, I'm really trying to give them a broad breadth of knowledge and experiences. And then each of the fellows has to identify a community-based organization uh, that's in their community or area who has a need for a nurse um, to do a small project for them. And um, so the fellows right now are just getting into their projects, and um, they are tackling some really interesting issues like um, air quality in schools and um, climate impacts in their communities and um, lead in the homes in their communities. So it's a very wide variety of um, activities. But uh, these fellows, they are so smart and dedicated. I just, I can't wait to see what they come up with. It's really awesome. That's terrific. And would you say most of the fellows are already community health nurses or involved in public health in some way, or are some of them making, uh, taking a step outside of their normal practice area? No, not at all. They come from all different types of backgrounds, which is really great. We have hospital-based nurses. We have some nursing faculty, school nurses, public health nurses. So it's a wide range of um, experience, different backgrounds, different age levels, you know, so we've really got a nice diverse group. And I, and I think that's really important because, you know, having so many different experiences and different backgrounds, they can all learn from one another as well in their different perspectives. That's great. That's a terrific project. And yes, I have been part of it and I've been really curious to watch it unfold and um, impressed with the uh, depth that people are uh, taking in exploring what's needed in their community. And I really like that it drives us back to our local areas, which is not the only question, of course. We have global 
issues as well, but by addressing our local problems, we eventually get at the global issues. Definitely. That's great. Congratulations on getting that set up. Oh, thank you. Yeah. What else is going on in Annie? Sorry. Oh, sure. Um, Well, hopefully we get more funding to do this again. So um, be on the lookout in the um, early winter. Hopefully we'll be able to send out um, again um, the the application requests. And um, we had over 130 applicants for those 30 spots. And I think we could have picked any of them and they would have been awesome. It was really hard to to decide. So there's definitely um, a yearning for this type of fellowship which is great. Um, Some other things that we're working on, um, we're definitely um, very engaged on climate change. Um, As you know, the the more and more research is coming out, just highlighting the urgency of action, that we need to be taking action now to reduce greenhouse gas emissions and um, other avenues to address climate change. And um, we feel really strongly that nurses are key to that. So our nursing collaborative, um, we currently have 11 organizations, part of the nursing collaborative on climate change and health, uh, which are working uh, within their organizations on um, addressing climate change with their organizational members, whether it's through education, leadership, policy actions. um, And we have a couple more that are um, about to join us. So we're really excited, a couple of really big organizations which is great. I feel like we're starting to reach that tipping point of um, lots of nursing organizations are going to want to join the collaborative. So that's great. Um, We're also uh, working on our second edition of our environmental health e-textbook. So if there's any folks listening who would be interested in writing some short pieces for the e-textbook, please get in touch with us. We still have a few chapters that need some authors. It's, um, We try to make it um, manageable for folks, um, especially if you haven't written something like that before. Um, Don't feel intimidated. There's lots of help, and it's not like you're writing a 30-page paper. You know, some of these pieces can be, um, you know, just a few pages. Um, So if you have an interest, please let us know. Cool. That's great. And and if the listeners don't know that, the first edition of that was awarded with the um, ANA Book of the Year in Environmental Health, correct? Correct. Yeah. yeah. And very exciting. So yes. um, hopefully we can do the same thing again with the second edition. I, it, it's getting bigger and better. Um, lots of great new resources. I think it's going to be um, a really amazing textbook. Terrific. Thanks. Tell us a little bit about, I know there's been a webinar series on ag. Tell us a bit about that. Yes. Yeah, so um We started a webinar series, I think in May, it's every month, the first Monday of the month, on different issues related to food and agriculture and health. So they've been looking at everything from sustainability and healthcare, how agriculture impacts climate change, pesticide use and healthcare. Um, All of those are available for um, one continuing education credit each. Um, and then uh, they're also available on our website. And so you can sign up um, to get the, to watch them live, but then they're also available for the next couple of years on our website for CE. Cool. Yeah, that's a great resource. I've had a couple of people have commented to me about them, so I hope I can get a chance to listen. 
Yeah, they're really great. And, and I think um, food and agriculture is something that I think a lot of nurses recognize is really important. We know how important nutrition is to the health of our patients, but maybe don't um, understand the um, breadth of issues and how so many of these issues, you know, outside of nutrition are also um, impacting the health of our patients and communities. So I think it's a, a really great educational opportunity. And they've had some amazing speakers, like a really um, broad range of speakers as well, which is nice. Mm-hmm. Cool. Mm-hmm. Um, I I know that um, you are being inducted into the American Academy of Nursing this fall as a fellow. Congratulations on that. Thank you. Yes, it's really, really terrific. Um, do you have... I know that it's hard to predict what uh, you might be able to um, contribute to the Academy, but have you given that some thought or talked with some people about some of that? Definitely. Um, I'm really excited to be admitted into the Academy. It's such an honor and a thrill. And um, they have their Environment and Public Health Committee, um, so I definitely want to be joining in on that committee. Uh, There's so many amazing nurse leaders that are a part of that committee and it's just growing and growing. Another Annie member, Ruth McDermott Levy is also getting inducted at the same time. So, and you were inducted last year, correct? Yes. Yes. So, um, yeah, we're, we're getting this, I think, um, this really nice group of environmental health nurses that can really lead lead the charge for change within the academy and really, um, you know, make that an, an area of focus within the academy, which is really exciting. Yeah, it is. Um, related to that, I, I know there's a project afoot, uh, partly related to the academy that I think we could just mention, and that's the Nurses Drawdown. Do you want to talk about that a bit? Sure. So um, this idea was... Um, first generated by Teddy Potter, um, who's at the University of Minnesota. And um, she had this idea of, you know, how can we broadly engage nurses on climate change? Um, You know, the work that Annie does and other groups, you know, we're we're engaging nurses, but we really need to amplify it exponentially. Um, And so how do we get those nurses involved who either don't know about climate change or they do know about climate change and they feel like there's nothing they can do. It's just too big and overwhelming. And um, so we've connected with Project Drawdown, uh, which is they've written a book and they have a really great website um, where they've um, looked at the evidence on what are the top 100 things worldwide that we can be doing to address climate change. And there's things in there that you wouldn't even expect is the, you know, something that would have such an impact on climate change. Um, For example, in the top 10 are two things related to gender equity, um, educating girls and access to family planning. And those are two things that are in, in the top 10 or how we can address climate change, which is really interesting and amazing. Um, and so we're we're just in the beginning stages of this, but we're hoping to develop um, a real um, worldwide campaign where we can um, engage nurses with simple actions that we can, you know, collectively see um, significant results. So stay tuned. <laughs> yeah, that's exciting. I like. I love the just. 
uh, ways to keep it less overwhelming to people because that's a chronic thing that we hear and that's in fact some of the results the early results from our chant work the climate mm-hmm. health and nursing tool is that one of the main reasons for inaction is that people are overwhelmed nurses are overwhelmed so that's that's going to be fun i agree with you that's it's a good uh something you can grab a hold of and get going on definitely um and then also um relate, related to that um Annie works with Healthcare Without Harm on the Nurses Climate Challenge, and that is going gangbusters. It's so awesome. They, um, so it started um, in May of last year, and our initial goal was to have 5,000 nurses educated in the year. We blew past the 5,000 before the end of the year was up, so we decided to increase our goals for 50,000 nurses educated by 2012, and we've already gone over, um, gone past 10,000 nurses. So I feel like the momentum's building with these educational tools. Um, it's really exciting. Yeah, it is. There's a there's a lot of um, the sense of urgency is not just with us. It's it's really growing around the world. And I wanted to ask you a little bit about about your thoughts on well, but specifically. When you think back to your 10 years or so now in Annie, what what do you see as trends or changes or how in what way do you see this work differently than you did 10 years ago? If that, I know that's kind of a hard question without warning you about it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I feel like um, just in general, public consciousness over environmental issues has increased Um like, just for example, when I first started working with Annie, um, one of our biggest projects was related to reforming the Toxic Substances Control Act and educating nurses on how, um, you know, most of the chemicals that are in our everyday products haven't been tested for safety and that, you know, there's all these products on our shelves that are unsafe and there's, you know, it's really difficult to know what's safe to use with your families and kids and pets. And, um, and so I feel like that's shifted a lot in 10 years. I feel like people are more aware of some of these, um, issues, which is fabulous. Um, the, the folks are starting that, that awareness is there. Um, but I think the, um, Urgency around climate change has definitely been a big shift over the past, you know, four or five years. It's like we we had been working on it, but now it's like just you're like we need to be working on this fast and strong. You know, a real a sense that we have to organize nurses now. Like there's we can't wait. And so um, one of the things that we've been working on, you know, the things like the project drawdown is how can we as a small organization. Um, reach the millions of nurses worldwide on an issue such as climate change and start collectively taking action. And, and given that, that that's, you know, a rather daunting task. And also that a lot of this work is kind of moving uphill, you know, you're working against the status quo for awareness mm-hmm. and against the pressures of, of corporate America in some ways. Um, you are not slowing down. In fact, you're recommitting for more school, which we can talk about next, and also your professional advancements. Uh, how, what is it that, that, that you think propels you? It's part of what motivates you, but part of what keeps you in this work and keeps you energized. 
Um, well, I think one of the foundational pieces is I think as nurses, we have um, both a moral obligation, but then also just the way that we practice as nurses. Like, um, I just, I love working with nurses. I love helping nurses be leaders in this area. And I find that so fulfilling. Um, like with the fellowship, seeing these fellows blossom, it's, it's such an honor to be a part of that. And, um, and I just feel like, you know, it's, as I said, such a great opportunity for nurses to be leaders. And so I think, um, you know, it's just a really important um, piece of my work is helping with that um, leadership capability among nurses. Yeah, that's great. And, and it's, Annie is really a resource. I mean, I, I have that sense and I, and I know I'm a little biased because I'm on the board and I, I work on projects, <laughs> but I just see that it's uh, become a lot more visible in the last, I don't know, little bit, four mm-hmm. or five years. And I think part of it is because, like you said, people have the need now. People really want answers. They want to know what they can do. And people, um, so people are seeking that out. But also it's just has more uh Uh, visibility. So that's great. Definitely. And I think also, you know, having the uh, nursing collaborative has really helped with that as well, because, you know, all of our collaborative nursing organizations, um, you know, every month they're sending out information to their members around climate change. And, you know, Annie's included in a lot of that. And, and so, you know, we're getting the word out about Annie through their members as well, which has been, um, really fabulous. And we're getting to be partners with all these great organizations in a way that we hadn't before. While we had had loose partnerships over the past um, 10 years, having these more um, concrete activities, um, I think has really helped us strengthen um, the group within the collaborative. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's really great to, to mm-hmm. be the glue between these groups. because Exactly. <laughs> yeah. And you found, I think, that each group does does have a concern and commitment toward healthy environments it's not necessarily at the forefront of their focus but when uh when you call it out and ask them to take a look at it they say well yes of course we're aligned with that mm-hmm. which it's because it's so clear really in our nursing foundational documents and our you know nursing the way nurses as you say approach problems which is more holistic and contextual so that's cool um, I mentioned a little bit about your school. Tell us a bit more about that. I know you're embarking on an on an exciting adventure here. Yes, it's very exciting and a little nerve wracking. So <laughs> I <laughs> I am starting the Doctorate of Nursing Practice uh, program in Health Innovation and Leadership at the University of Minnesota. So. I'm actually um, talking to Beth here from uh, Minneapolis. It's a hybrid program, so you. Um, meet once a semester with all of your classmates um, for a week in Minneapolis at the school. And so I'm just wrapping up this first week, which has been um, really exciting. Uh, I, um, how I, I stumbled upon this um, program, I, I had been looking for a doctoral program and nothing had quite fit for me. Um, you know, cause I looked at some nurse midwifery programs, but I'm like, I'm not seeing patients anymore. And, you know, they didn't have that environmental health component that, um, is key to my practice. And, um, Teddy Potter had brought me out to do a guest lecture last winter. And I think it was part of some big 
grand plan of hers because <laughs> she started showing me like all the cool stuff at the university and all the cool stuff that their program was doing. And I was instantly hooked. I was like, wow, this is the perfect program for me. And so, you know, their whole philosophy in the health innovation and leadership program is to look at whatever your interests are or what you're hoping to do as a career and then really shape the program individually to lift you up and to make you the best you that you can be. Um, so, you know, for my practicum assignments, you know, they probably wouldn't put me with a chief nursing officer because that's not something that I'm going to be doing in my career, but maybe having me work with you know, another executive director of a large nursing organization who's done really innovative things or, you know, just trying to think outside the box of people that I can um, learn from. So that's really exciting. Yeah, and that's I, great. I have to tell you, one of the best things that's happened this week is they have a um, one of the largest um, historic medical libraries in the country. Mm, wow. And we got to have a tour of that with one of the curators and they um, she had pulled all of these different books that she thought and, and artifacts that she thought would um, be of interest to our, our group. And we got to see, you know, sitting on a table, not behind glass, so some of the diaries of Clara Barton. Wow. And it was so cool. And, and a letter written by Florence Nightingale and, um, it, it almost made me tear up, like seeing these, you know, um, the these such leaders in nursing. And um, it was interesting. She was telling us about the um, Claire Barton diaries. And in one of the ones that they own, they, um, she talks about heading to Ohio. It's right after World War II where they had flooding. And at that, not World War II, after um, the Civil War. And uh, the you know, at that time, you know, so many men had um, been killed during the war that it was a lot of widows and children. And, you know, there's no infrastructure, no, you know, no FEMA, no need <laughs> to help. And, and so, you know, and, but these are some of the things that we're still facing today. You know, we just had all those floods this spring um, throughout the Midwest. And so it is interesting to see, you know, some of these, hear about these historical perspectives on some of the same disasters that we're facing now that are just being exacerbated by climate change. Yeah, that's interesting. When when we were just recently at the UN meeting, one of the questions from, from a nursing leader was about uh, concern that nurses are not being prepared for this onslaught of disasters. And mm -hmm. And then secondly, Nursing Economics, the journal, is doing a special edition or a targeted edition on disaster and they asked me to write a guest editorial so I was thinking about that and doing a little bit of research into you know the the numbers of disasters and where where they're expected and that sort of thing and really thinking about nursing preparedness and it is uh kind of overwhelming you know especially when you look at the really fast moving disasters of of rapid water rise of mm -hmm. waters or the fires in California and we know that nurses are prominent in every health situation and in every community. So I, I just really had to think about that. What what are your thoughts on that regarding the nursing role and does, with disasters in these accelerated days? You know, maybe especially with this uh, reflection recently on the historical role of nurses. You know, I... Um... I see in a lot of communities that they may have 
disaster plans or they may be thinking about some of these things, but oftentimes there's no nurse as part of those committees. And so one thing that I would just highly recommend nurses do is look in their communities to see what's going on around disaster preparedness and see if there's some way that you can contribute to that. Because nurse, that having that nursing perspective, I think, is so important just to make sure, especially that the most vulnerable in our community are going to be protected in these disasters. Um, you know, just as an example, looking at things like Katrina, how, you know, so many people were not able to leave New Orleans um, during Katrina because of um, income status or other issues. And so, you know, that's something that we need to be looking at how, you know, if there is a disaster, how do our low income residents get out of harm's way? And I think that's an area where nurses have that um, holistic perspective, creative thinking, I think that we could have a really positive contribution in our communities around that. Yeah, and also it harkens back to our social policy statement, which I think was most recently updated in 2010. I better I should look into that before I quote it. But they uh, one of one of the comments that I uh, pull out is that nurses are we have this contract with society not mm -hmm. not a, not an exact contract, but we have a commitment because of our we are a profession. And it's all the things we expect, including that we pay attention to public health, but but they say even in hazardous service. And, you know, I think back to 25, 30 years ago when I was a young nurse and the hazardous service that people were most concerned about that I recall was HIV. Mm -hmm. And some nurses left the profession because they did not want to take any risk. And yet, you know, the question remained, well, who's going to care for, for people with HIV? That's part of our job. And so that's kind of similar with disasters. I mean, it's overwhelming, but yeah, that's part of what we do. Mm -hmm. And I feel like nurses are so good at breaking down problems into manageable pieces. You know, we do this all the time in practice. If you're taking care of a complex patient, you can break things down, triage, figure out what you need to do first. And we can apply this on the community level. Um, you know, and, and, I, and I would say, you know, even nurses that feel like they don't have the experience, we have the experience of being a nurse and, and the knowledge of nursing. And, and that is such an important contribution. And so I would say just, you know, roll up your sleeves and just jump in. And, you know, Annie has lots of resources. We have nurses around the country that are doing things. And I think that's um, another really important piece of Annie is that we're able to make those connections between folks so they don't feel like they're alone trying to tackle some of these things or they don't have resources um, around some of these big issues. Yeah, yeah, I think that's a good point. And one one of the things that I was made more aware of while just doing this guest editorial, I, I, I uh, was able to enlist my, the CNO where I work, her name is Carol Benson, because she's done a lot with disaster training over the years. She was an ED leader and now is CNO. But a point that she made several times, which I thought is really important, is that Nurses also need individually and collectively to uh, address self-care mm -hmm. during disasters because it can be, you know, overwhelming and nurses can can get PTSD. And she was saying simple things like nurses may need to bring an extra change of clothes, extra contact lens fluid, their favorite <laughs> pillow, because it may mm -hmm. be that they can't leave, you know, the the uh, the crisis center or the hospital or wherever it is that they're going to help in the acute phase of right. 
disaster relief. And also thinking about, you know, hospitals need to be thinking about what do you, what do they do with their families? You know, if you have kids, if right, you're a single too. mom or dad, you know, these types of things need to be taken into account um, because in a disaster, you don't want that nurse to having to be thinking about what's happening to their family as well. Yeah, absolutely. Good point. Then there's the after phase too, and that also is intense. We remember from our Nurse Health Environmental Health Nursing Summit of 2018, the concept of community level PTSD, and that was that was after we were talking about the Santa Barbara fires. So before the um, Northern California fires, I would just put a plug in um, for our climate change committee. Uh, they have been doing some great work over this year. Um, we have two new co-chairs, uh, Jessica LeClaire and um, Carol Ziegler, who um, have been really great leaders. Um, we're, we're kind of mixing things up a little bit for the next few months as a trial to do one month a webinar and then the next month a call where we can discuss activities. But you know, if, it, if you're interested in getting more engaged on climate change, I think that this is a really great and welcoming group. We um, have nurses from all around the world that hop on and um, we'd love to have any nurses interested in expanding their climate change work. Great. And while you're at it, tell us other uh, other ways that nurses can get involved in Annie. Oh, sure. So we have four work groups, research, education, advocacy, and practice. Um, they all have monthly or bi-monthly calls, webinars. Um, research is mostly uh, nursing researchers, whether they're novice researchers or, you know, just getting interested in research up through really experienced uh, researchers. Um, so that's, you know, if you're interested in research, a great um, uh, resource. Education is mostly nursing faculty on how to um, expand environmental health within nursing education. Our policy and advocacy work group works on a variety of policy pieces. If you're interested in learning how to talk with your legislators, what are the newest issues coming on the bend? How can we get involved? That's a great place. And then our practice work group um, Beth is the co-chair or the chair of that. Um, she's been doing an awesome job on this podcast. And we have webinars every few months on different um, issues of um, interest to practicing nurses, such as like Green Team 101, like how to get involved in hospital sustainability, that type of thing. Um, so all of those, you can join as many of them as you want. You can come, you know, come and go. We don't, you know, we're not going to be mad if you're not on every call. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, so those are great ways to get in involved and just go on our website and sign up for our newsletter. It comes out every, um, other week or so. And that's a great way to get, you know, kind of little highlights of, um, interest for nurses on environmental health. And you'll also get, um, information on upcoming webinars, um, conferences, that type of thing. Great. Boy, there's a lot. Yes. Uh, I've been told a few times by nurses that they were so relieved to finally find Annie because, you know, they might have stumbled upon it. They may have learned about it from a friend. But but the nurses who are concerned about environmental health, climate change, environmental stewardship and healthcare, care, all, all of those areas um, can find, you know, some like-minded folks who have some skill and um, experience in, in uh, being effective and making progress. Definitely. Oh, and one other thing I'd like to highlight, 
Um, we are in the process of revamping the nurse luminary site. Oh, yeah. um, so any nurse, if you've just started into environmental health nursing and you're just really excited and have lots of ideas to nurses who've been doing this work for a while, um, we'd love to hear from you. Uh, we're, we're, uh, we just want to showcase all of the um, variety of nurses who are working in environmental health. And so we're just um, getting that off the ground now. We've got a few um, nurse luminaries on the website right now. And, um, but we, we're in the process of adding more. And we'd love to have any of you listening here to be in contact. There's an easy form on the um, website to add your story. And, and the website is theluminaryproject.org. Mm, so you can good. just go on there. There's an easy form. Um, yeah, we'd love to hear from you. Cool. Well, Katie, it just sounds like, um, there's lots going on. It's really going strong. You are energetic and, um, have, you know, really been able to pull a lot of things together. You have a couple of staff members now. Do you want to say anything about them? Sure. Well, um, so we have Kara Cook who coordinates our climate change activities. She's on full time. And um, she's just awesome. And anything climate change or environmental health oriented, she can help you out with that. And we have a new um, coordinator for part of the fellowship. So Kara's taking the eastern half of the United States and the western half. Is Rachel Kerr's um, coordinating the fellowship for the western half. And she is actually a graduate of the DNP program that I'm in. And we're really lucky to have her. She's great. Wonderful. Mm -hmm. Terrific. Well, is there anything else you'd like to say to the, first of all, to the nursing profession that you feel like you haven't said? Environmental health is, is such a key component to preventing disease, which, you know, we all know is an essential part of nursing practice. And so it's just really exciting to see more and more nurses engaging on this issue and um, hope to see many of you um, expanding your engagement. Well, Katie, it's been great to talk with you today, and uh, congratulations on your achievements and on the success of Annie, and um, is there anything else you'd like to say? Well, um, thank you so much, Beth, for having me. I mean, this is so exciting. You're starting your third year. This is amazing, and just all the um, fabulous nurses that you've interviewed over the past couple years, it's um, been really wonderful to hear so many diverse voices around environmental health. So thank you so much for um, leading this great podcast. It's such a great resource. You betcha. I'm happy to, and I'm happy to touch base with you again. And let's just plan to do this in a couple years, uh, if not before. I would love that. Okay, <laughs> great. Thanks so much, Katie. Thank you. It was great to hear from Katie about exciting new developments in Annie. Thank you for listening to this terrific conversation, and thank you again to Katie for joining me today. This and other episodes of the Nurses for Healthy Environments podcast can be found at environ, E-N-V-I-R-N, dot O-R-G. If you have a chance, please leave a review for us wherever you get your podcasts. Talk to you next time.